Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed, and I'm Ken Napsock for another edition and the final edition of 2016 of Four Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. You know, that thing that pops out of hyperspace and takes out other ships just by crashing into them. <laughs> Though that actually wasn't a superstar destroyer. The Devastator was just a, quote, regular star destroyer. You guys can tell me to class later on. We are here to look back at the year in Star Wars. It is two. 2016, the year that Star Wars changed. Quite a big year. We're still basking in the glory and the questions and the excitement of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And it, as we always say here, is a wonderful time to be a Star Wars fan with me today. And as always, from now until forever, we certainly hope, are my uh, compadres on this journey, Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa. Welcome. Oh, very happy to be here. You know, we do keep saying... Saying, 
that this is a good time to be a Star Wars fan. And I think the big change is it's going to be a good time to be a Star Wars fan now until something absolutely horrible happens. <laughs> something horrible has to happen. Something that's just not normally supposed to happen. Right. Big climactic change. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, uh... I was not building up to any prediction okay, or anything. Okay. <laughs> I started positive and then went a little negative, you know? You. Yeah. Like you do at the holidays. Of course. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> a natural is. thing. Uh, so, guys, we are here. We're broadcasting kind of on location in a different spot here. Uh, uh, so, personally, thank you guys for coming out to make this work for me. We wanted to get something to the fans as we close the year out. And uh, let's just dive right in, yeah. shall we, Joseph? Yeah. On, on 2016, the renaissance of Star Wars began in 2012 yeah. with the sale of Lucasfilm to Disney and then of course Force Awakens was the big return and and uh, since then I mean it is all Star Wars all the time. Yeah and I feel like this year across all of the platforms that one can uh, Star Wars we sometimes like to use Star Wars as a verb I believe Mike Black right. started that uh, right. that you know you can Star Wars in all these different ways and I think after the utter experience cultural explosion of Force Awakens at the end of 2015. Everybody was sort of left to those questions of like, well, is it going to be too much? Is Rogue One going to be successful? Can you find all all the different ways to keep Star Wars alive and keep it at that almost fever pitch that it was for Force Awakens. And I feel like the the idea that 2016 is a year that Star Wars changed is it answered all those questions with a resounding yes. Yeah. The biggest triumph of Rogue One, if you love it, if you hate it, is it proves that there can be a standalone movie. Yeah. So we know now that Star Wars can continue and continue and continue. And then when I was trying to kind of make a list breaking down all the other media, it's all been really strong right. as well. Yeah, across the board. There's so much Star Wars to choose from, and it's all good. Yeah, can we crawl in and, and nitpick little things here and there? Yeah, that's part of the fun of being a fan. Just don't take it too far is what I try to say. <laughs> uh, 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 critiques of Chewbacca Mom notwithstanding. Uh, that was this year, too. Um, but, yeah, there's so much. About and, three minutes of this about year. About yeah. three minutes <laughs> of this year. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, it wasn't just about what can Rogue One do at the box office, but what can Rogue one do with the fans and even today here at my work people are going to go see rogue one tonight again as a group they want to have fun and i i have been talking to people who are like love this movie one of my old high school buddies called me today joel if you're listening he called me to say man we got to talk about this this is the movie i've been waiting for since 1983 and uh then we talked about some yeah this and that that could have been better and we none of us want to choke on our own ambitions um (laughs) all that stuff but it is it is uh definitely kept the flames going and probably lit the fire even more right jennifer i'm really been amazed by how many uh casual fans or people who are like yeah i I like a Star Wars movie, but they're not into the nerd bubble like we are. Right. And it's been really exciting to see how much they've been enjoying Rogue One. And they'll admit, I didn't really know what was happening for the first part. You know, right. but they, they loved the movie. They loved the experience of it. And it's been interesting, too. I've been recommending it to people where I'm like, I don't know how they would if they would have enjoyed The Force Awakens, but I'm like, you will love Rogue One. Right. Go see it. And that's been really exciting for me as a fan. Yeah. Absolutely. To yeah, share I think- the joy. Yeah, I think 2000. I think Force Awakens in the end of 2015 was such an event, mm-hmm. and there's never any doubt. Really. There's a question of whether Force Awakens would be good and make all this momentum go forward, but there's never a question of will it be a big deal that Star Wars is coming back and Han mm-hmm. Solo and Luke Skywalker are going to be in it and like, Princess Leia are going to be in it? That was never a question. Now, th- with 2016, it's like, 
yeah, Star Wars can just go on and on and not be an event. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be an event to be a thing. Right. It's, it's almost like we make it our own event anyways. Yeah. We you do. Know, you yeah. Just need, they just need to have it out there. We'll turn a comic book into an event. <laughs> we'll turn an action figure into an event. Right. There's so much there. Um, and, and we talked about other media. We'll talk a little bit more about Rogue One, I'm sure. Um, and I could, Joseph, you and I could do an hour on Admiral Raddus. Absolutely. Sure. I have so, so many questions and thoughts and feelings and <laughs> drinking <laughs> on, fantasies. Uh, our, our favorite drinking buddy now <laughs> is what it is. Um, other stuff, too. Uh, I want a whiskey. Oh, oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Watch a whiskey. Uh, I'm fascinated with that character. I'm just fascinated with that character. I love that he's from, they're from the, the Arctic regions. I keep bringing that up and on air and off air. Yes. I yeah. want to study that planet a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. I just want to share this real quick, this conversation yeah. that, that you and I had when we went to see Rogue One again. Yeah. Uh, we ended up seeing it with, uh, with somebody who wasn't a Star Wars person at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. They loved Rogue One, and then they had a couple of the kind of typical questions, and Ken and I just started rattling stuff from Catalyst, and oh, no. Ken went off on, like, <laughs> now, Admiratus, the guy who looks like Admiral Akbar, but, you know, he's blue. We get yeah. from the... <laughs> and this uh, this very nice person just it took a beat and was like, how how do you guys know this? <laughs> and we're like, well, uh, we got together before the movie. We made it all up in case somebody asked. Like, no, we do this all the time. Yeah. 24-7. It's so it. fun to crawl into that bubble, yeah. man. And that yeah. is what this year has been. We talked about other mediums, too, books and comics and TV shows. And Rebels, which has been expanding uh, more into the, the limelight, I think, and the forefront of Star Wars. Yeah. The fact that Ghost... The ghost and chopper was in this movie. Got a lot of press, yeah, from, and a lot of conversation about people who didn't really want watch the series. So with Rebels getting darker, you got main characters that we all love: Ahsoka and Maul, Obi Wan Kenobi, and this story just breaking today that. Filoni and team, Joseph and Jennifer, might be retelling the Battle of Scarif in a future episode from the point of view of the crew, the ghost. Yeah, that's just such a great, I mean, it's a great idea, but it's just so, that level of cockiness mm. of, <laughs> there, there was that big question, like, well, Marvel doesn't really connect very well between the TVs and mm-hmm. shows and movies, so uh, will Lucasfilm, and now Filoni's just kind of out there swinging, going, I don't know, maybe if I feel like it, I'll yeah. retell the Battle of Scarif from my perspective. <laughs> it's pretty I'll put amazing. on my cowboy hat and do it. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, I feel it's, like it's so seamless. If you had told me before, mm-hmm. they're going to turn an animated character, they're going to put him in the film, it's going to be played by, you know, Forrest Whitaker. Right. I feel like, no, that's ridiculous. Or that we're going to hear see Chopper, or that we're going to hear General Sindula, you know, get these mm-hmm. little nods. I'd be like, no, nah, that's silly. But it works. And I... I Props to them mm-hmm. for that, and mm-hmm. I need to catch up with Rebels <laughs> because people are so excited, and I want to share in that excitement. Well, and there's it brings up the interesting question of, like, we all knew going into Rogue One, if you had read Catalyst, your experience of the movie might be a little deeper or more enriched. Uh, there's discussions uh, of maybe Bloodline should have come out before Force Awakens, and people would have had a different view. I think in the end, I'm glad Bloodline came out after. Yeah. But you can't help but say that there were some – Questions and answers in that book that uh, might have helped make Force Awakens make a little bit more sense. But like with Rebels, indeed, because you're not the only, quote, deep dive in Star Wars fan, Jennifer, that doesn't really watch Rebels. You know, you could say it's your life schedule and a, raising a baby and everything. But I know Star Wars fans uh, who are just like, ah, yeah, I'm not, I haven't had time. And so it's interesting that some big answers might be found in the show now going forward, or we might see stuff tied into these movies. Yeah. Is, is that the right play, Joseph? Is there, Do they have another choice? I think so, because I think it makes it a even more of a cultural phenomenon, because right. A, 
they get the money and the investment from people like us who are going to devour stuff. But mm-hmm. then they get those conversations like you and I had after the movie of we're, we're basically salespeople yeah. for Lucasfilm and Star Wars because we <laughs> learned this interesting information. The film raises that question, yeah. and then we answer right. it for people. And so I think it kind of works ultimately as long as the, the movies are still intriguing enough by themselves that you care about the answer. Mm-hmm. If it's such garbage in terms of uh, narrative, Mm. In terms of like, I can't even understand emotionally what's happening. Like that opening scene of Rogue One, you understand emotionally what's happening. Right. It's really compelling, and it makes you ask questions. So it, I think as long as they keep the filmmaking at that level, mm. then I think it kind of works to bury some of the things and make you play scavenger to I get th- them. That's a good point, too, because I was talking to some people who hadn't read Catalyst, and uh, that opening scene, the flashback scene, so to speak, uh, they loved that scene. There's some great stuff at play there, um, and, and they're never going to read Catalyst. And I, at lunch, was explaining a little bit what it meant, and it was like, she was like, oh, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. I picked up on that. I picked on there was something going on with those three, meaning Lyra, <laughs> Lyra Galen, and Krennic. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that, you, that it's all out there. Yeah. That's why I say sometimes, as, as uh, I did develop some bigger questions about Rogue One upon my second and even the third viewing, I overall just enjoy it. And I keep saying, I, I, I don't like this. There is a, a tone in some of the reviews of Rogue One going on that uh, the, the fan service argument, yeah. where I just don't feel it's right to say, no, they did. I want to see an ATST in there because it makes sense that it'd be in there. It's not just because I think it's cool. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I'm struggling with some of that, too, where I feel like I feel persecuted for being a fan who did all his homework. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Uh, fan service, you know, is the term that we're borrowing from. Yeah. Anime, which I think, I'm not a super anime person, but is a little bit more, fan service suggests that it's one-sided, that there's these big corporate overlords who are saying, you nerds like blue milk, so I guess I'll give it to you. (laughs) But this is is a fan service two-way, which sounds like a horribly gross thing to say, but uh, (laughs) in that Gareth Edwards wants that effing blue milk to be there too. So it is coming from a place of love from the filmmakers and received with a place of love, as well as making logical sense. So I think that makes, uh, I'm going to coin the term fan service two-way, and then I'm going to be ashamed. But I think it makes sense yeah. in that way. Yeah. Jennifer's <laughs> looking at me like I'm nuts. I'm like, who are these people that are accusing them of that? To me, it just, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think, I could never imagine that they would do that for the integrity of the story and this new canon and universe mm-hmm. that they're creating. To me, I just feel like they would never, they would never do that. And they don't always give us what we want. It just so happens that, yeah, Vader killing a bunch of rebels aligned with what they wanted to tell the story and it made the fans super happy as well so mm. like for 3PO-R2 and I don't want this to kind of get into oh, review okay. but I, I like their appearance some of the people yeah it didn't bring anything to play yeah I know it doesn't bring anything to the story yeah but it was a good it made sense that they'd be there because sure. they were there yes yeah. so it, to me it brings validation because it used to be when creators were not as huge of fans themselves so you'd mm-hmm. sit in your room and you'd think this and this and this and then mm-hmm. people would think like oh well the fans actually know the thing better than the people mm-hmm. making it. That's the way it used to be because right. fans would obsess more because we had time. Time. Um, but now it's this validation of like, well, if you sit there and obsess, so will the filmmakers. So things will be sort of the way they should be to have internal logic. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. 3PO and R2 yeah. should be there. Yeah. Right, right. Now, I can argue that they shouldn't be there at that moment. They should have already been on the ship. Oh, and we're going to talk about that later because uh, our audience questions That's are all good. Rogue One based. So, oh, we're going to be talking about oh, that a lot. We'll have uh, some of that. Yeah. 
one one other thing yeah. about the the how much do people need to know? It's been interesting to see as we ask for questions like we're going to get for Rogue One. Like a couple of them come in where it's just the answer is in Catalyst, and mm-hmm. that is there are a couple like big picture things. Like one person wrote in saying. Does it bother you that Krennic and Tarkin are fighting over who uh, is responsible for the Death Star when we already saw in a movie that the Geonosians are responsible for mm-hmm. the Death Star? And I realized that would have bugged me so terribly yeah. if I didn't read Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Right. So I do think there are some key things, like super key things, yeah. that aren't just like emotions and, and flavors, but like thing, key things. That are in those books. Absolutely. A lot of key things. A lot of key things. You guys got to start reading them books and the comics and the shows. And Rebels, like I said, going back to that, this year saw Rebels take a darker tone because it kind of has to. The story is gearing up towards the end. And what we see in Rogue One, which we definitely know is a darker ending, it's still on D- Disney XD. It's still a kid's show, of course. Uh, kid's show first and uh, 40-year-old men second. Um, but uh, where do we want to see Rebels go in the New Year in 2017, Joseph. I know you've watched it more than Jennifer, but but any thoughts on where you want to see that show? How dark do you want it to go? How yeah. big how big of answers do you want in this in this show? I want it to keep going in the direction that it's going in terms of getting a little bit, uh, if not darker, more desperate. Where mm-hmm. our heroes are still having victories, but they feel like they're just right. really fighting for them because it right. should be a really hard time for them. They're going in that direction. They're also been going in the direction of supporting the overall story that Luke Skywalker is the hope. Mm-hmm. That this still does come down to Luke Skywalker, no matter how many Jedi you have running around. So I want them to keep connecting mm. those threads. And here's my big controversial thing. Uh oh. I want I want a couple really political episodes. Oh, oh. get out of here! Yeah, yeah. Because Rogue One, upon rewatching, it, there's a lot of politics going on where mm-hmm. both the, the rebels are still clinging to the Senate, mm-hmm. thinking that might work. Both Tarkin and Vader are really afraid of the Senate mm-hmm. finding out or the public finding out about the Death Star. Right. And I feel like that's a big part of the story that makes Rogue One make sense in why the rebels are resistant to fighting in mm-hmm. the scene that, that troubles you, Ken. Well, yeah, and I talked more and more about that scene this last week of, of uh, why it troubled me. And, and then, yeah, you and I talked about, uh, I think, after our third viewing, you yeah. were the one said, hey, in the credits, there's a, a lot of senators that clearly those people there. And so it makes more sense. I maybe wish the movie had more politics. Yeah. There's this tendency to shy away from Star Wars politics post-prequel because Force Awakens, I think, needed more, and this one needed just a little bit more because it is an interesting part of the galaxy story. And I feel like the story that we got told, the overall story, is that the galactic civil war really Mm -hmm. kicked off with the Battle of Scarif, whereas our rebels are just going on little missions and slowly building, and I would love to see the other side of that where there are maybe some people in the rebellion who are ready to go to all-out war, Mm -hmm. and I I would love for Bail Organa to show up and Mon Mothma to show up in an episode of Rebels and say, like, look, we can't go full-out war. You can't do this big attack. You can only do this little insurgency thing because we right. really still think that that's the way to mm. win this. And just put that on the table and make it really clear yeah, would be fun great. and interesting to me. Right. That I would like be that. great. You want some politics in your Rebels? I, yeah, that, well, the way you told it, Joseph, I'm, I'm all on board. Um, and I think that Rogue One did an excellent job of incorporating politics, and I, I could have watched more. Right. You know, it really is how you how you do it, how you tell it, and yeah. they made it exciting. In that scene or something leading up, I don't know, I get it, I get it, it's an action movie, they're moving forward, but yeah, having one little... 
one little moment, I think, of something explaining that, yeah, these are senators. Uh, you know, I don't want to have to infer a lot of that. I, I want right. to see some of that in action. And, and that might have been, at the end, part of that problem they had with that scene. Yeah. It would have made sense if the senators were like, we can't strike St- Scarif, but we can send a suicide mission in. Someone want to volunteer. Yeah. Um, instead of just seem like, we give up. Yeah, like, this was a good idea. I mean, but really, who spent all these resources? But you can't do that. Mm. So, uh, Jennifer, any thoughts for you on Rebels? Uh, You haven't really watched it yet, but if I said, hey, (laughs) Jennifer, you've got to watch this because there's a giant answer to a long-held question. Are you going to be okay with that? I have to watch it, and I want to watch it, and the episodes that I have watched, I have enjoyed. Right. Um, So, yeah, it's just a matter of setting aside that time for myself to sit down and watch this show. But, but does it bother you at all as someone who you're not choosing to not watch it? Life gets no, in the way. No, no. Right. You, you, it's you, in my DVR. I have yeah. all the episodes ready to yeah. go along you with Slipper Flop. If you could zoom. <laughs> yeah. if you Are could, there Star Wars secrets in there? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, might be. You know, if you could zoom time ahead and your, your, your kid goes off to college and you got all the time in the world, you're going to watch Rebels. But does it bother you if I say, oh, my God, this thing was revealed this week that you got to see? Does it make you feel left out at all? Oh, Totally. I have a total, what is it, FOMO? Like, every week, I I love, and that's what I, you know, on Twitter, I'm seeing everyone getting so excited, speculating what the episode might be, and I'm like, "Mm," over in the corner, (laughs) I know I'm not going to be able to have time to watch it, or, you know, and and it bums me out, because I felt like I was really enjoying the spirit of the Clone Wars, and I was, you know, watching it with everyone else at that same time, so yeah, it has been, it has been tough, Mm. as a Star Wars fan. Mm. And I'm sure you're not the only Star Wars fan that feels that, and that's something that's interesting going forward just because books and comics yeah. in, in 2014 and 2015 exploded but I think this year alone it just seems like the Star Wars books keep coming off the shelf mm-hmm. yeah. and there's a lot of stuff in there Catalyst proving maybe more than any other book that oh you should have read that you should have read that in uh, yeah I mean the, the major books Aftermath Life Debt Bloodline Catalyst Ahsoka those are mm-hmm. all this year and all have kind of huge answers in them yeah. to yeah. painting the bigger picture like a lot of the questions that come up uh, are just like well, there, there's an answer for that in bloodline mm-hmm. uh yeah you know so um, i just experienced here at the office uh before you guys I was waiting for you guys to show up today someone was talking about like i had some questions about force awakens and and perry nemeroff was standing there and she said well if you had read Bloodline, mm. that's all answered. All yeah. the questions you just asked me are in that book. Right. And I'm like, yeah, read Bloodline. But in the back of my head, I'm like, ooh, it's a dangerous, slippery slope that Star Wars and Disney never have to go into because they want you to buy these books and tell these stories. But they're doing, they're doing such a good job at connecting stories and providing answers that I, I feel sorry for some people who I know who can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this goes along to what we were talking about earlier when I was saying it's a really positive thing that we can go out mm-hmm. and be spokespeople for Lucasfilm. But I do think it is. It would be terrible if the movies went into, well, eh, the First Order doesn't make any sense, but don't worry, we'll write a book about write it. Write a book about it. Yeah, I mean, we don't want it to be that characters are practically yeah. turning to the camera and saying, like, well, Maz already did. That's the story for another day, you're right, but, uh, uh, yeah, we don't <laughs> want to a, get to that point. That's a Kendall ebook. Yeah, uh, I had a day. fun conversation with a, a friend who's a screenwriter, uh, and... Yeah. 
he pitched me some ideas of what uh, an Obi-Wan movie should be. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because uh, you're exactly right. Because they did that in Clone Wars. Because right. like, he basically <laughs> pitched <laughs> their relationship with Satine. Mm. And I was like, yeah, you are dead on. In fact, it, it, it is a weird place to be like, I don't want to be a pushing the glasses up. Uh, yeah. Because I have contacts and that's <laughs> extra painful. Uh, I don't want to be that guy in the way I communicate and share my Star Wars knowledge. It's one thing if a person asks me, but it's weird to find yourself in those conversations with like you used to do when you were a kid where everybody's just like, but what about this? Or I've got an idea for this. And then me yeah. go, actually, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had those moments. Yeah. yeah. And you feel kind of dirty. You do. <laughs> you feel kind of dirty. <laughs> but if you're asking those questions and you are really wanting to get to know these characters more, mm-hmm. it, it only enriches your experience when you watch the right. films. Finishing Catalyst. And, you know, everyone was like, you got to read Catalyst. You got. I'm like, okay, I will stay up late at night and read it. And boy, was I glad I did. Yeah. Because it just, it made me relish that scene between Galen and Krennic that yeah. much more. It made it so much more enjoyable. Yeah. So, you know, read the books. <laughs> read the books. Read the books. And Watch the shows. There were big... Big things in all these. I'm just looking at the list here. Aftermath, Life, Dead, Bloodline, Catalyst, Ahsoka, like you said, Joseph. Um, Aftermath had stuff related to Jakku. Mm -hmm. Jakku. Setting up something big. The description of the third book, Empire's End, just came out and directly says this book has to do with the Empire, the remnants of the Empire, continuing Palpatine's final plan, which has something to do with Jakku and something that happened on Jakku a thousand years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's your Snoke theories right there's there, I think. Theories. Yeah. There's your Ray as a clone theory. Yeah. There's your Ray's everything theory. Um, and that that's in this book. Yeah. But in wow. just the amount of time we spend on Kashyyyk. And right. with all of the things that were in EUs that used to be EUs that yeah. were in the expanded universe that used to be rumors between kids and just like, shink, locked yeah. down. This is what the conditions were on Kashyyyk for sure. This is what it this looked like, it. what it felt like. So like validation or confirmation of like old ideas, locking them into place and having them yeah. take shape. And we talk about 2016, the year Star Wars changed. And this to me is one of the biggest, obviously it started 14, 15, but this is the year some of the stuff started to really, really affect and count. Versus the 90s, it was like, are you reading tales from Jabba's uh, kitchen? No. <laughs> okay, you're fine. You can still enjoy Star Wars. Yeah, you, you don't know, need to know. Boo uh, hair has four testicles, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't yeah. Change Doesn't change anything. Yeah. Um, there's that. And then to go on Bloodline, answers about Leia and what people, how people reacted to her not knowing who her lineage, uh, what her lineage was, and, and, and the, how the... The First Order slash the Resistance came to be. Ahsoka talks about it's basically the start of, uh, you get an inside picture of the start of the Rebellion and the Rebellion cells. You get new canon on how red lightsaber blades are formed. Yeah. Wow. Big things. Big huge. things. Yeah. In Ahsoka, actually, I'm not going to say them, but there's a couple of, like, huge Star Wars joke questions answered mm. just as drive-by things in Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing in these novels of just like the little drive-by patching sometimes for fun, I think by the authors yeah. uh, and sometimes to, you know, actually try to celebrate like we fixed a plot hole. Yeah. Well, I go back to life debt. I mean, you could pretty much now confirm that Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. And it He's comes out there naked books. somewhere. He's out there without his armor. Somebody else has got his armor. And that's in that book. And I guarantee you there's still a lot of people out there going, I, I, they should make a movie. I wonder if he survived. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. We can infer pretty strongly. Here, let me show you the interlude. Uh-huh. <laughs> this book. So, and then the comics too. Yeah, talk about the comics. They, you read them more than yeah, I do. I, I, yeah, and, and I, I don't. I, I do feel the comics do. 
well, it's interesting. The comics do, they're a little bit more out there in a, in a good way. I mean, in a very good way, space whale jokes aside, um, <laughs> they're having more fun. They're the comics. And I think they feel, you feel that, that they, hey, it's a crazy comic, but you know, Jennifer, I can now tell you how Darth Vader reacted when he found out Luke Skywalker was his son. Because that moment's in the comics. I, in fact, Ooh. told my wife about it in the kitchen the other night. She asked. It was a beautiful moment. Oh. She said, now, how, how, how and when did Vader? And you're like, let me paint a picture for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly Talk, what happened. Talk slowly. Yeah. Oh, man. See, I got to yeah. read that, too. You got to read that, too. Ah, I want those questions answered. But it's it's... It puts Star Wars in, I think, a wonderful spot. It's This is an abundance of Star Wars is the problem here. Mm-hmm. It's almost too much Star Wars that I mean that in every possibly good way. But we now know. We know it had to do with a certain bounty hunter. We know the moment. We know mm-hmm. what Vader did. We know how we reacted. And it was one of the best moments in Star Wars. Yeah. And it was on the pages of a comic. So Star Wars has changed because everything down to the breakfast cereals count. <laughs> How will that affect, you know, the next generation of Star Wars fans, like mm. 10 years from now, mm. when you have all of these books and, and comic series and the TV shows and they want to learn more? Is it going to feel overwhelming or, or are they going to, you know what I mean? Like how? I think it's already impact? overwhelming. Yeah. It? yeah. I think you have to be a specialist. Uh, like, I mean, certainly there are people who manage to absorb all of it, but mm-hmm. even if you absorb all of it, retaining all of it, remembering yeah. exactly who lives on Seleucami no. and exactly which Clone Wars episodes Seleucami appears in. And then you read the books and you have characters who remember that one time they were on Seleucami. And like, that's what I've taken to do doing before I go to sleep when I need just something relaxing uh-huh. is I just pick a planet. Or like a Jedi, and I read their full uh, mm-hmm. Wikipedia entries, which are getting quite long and oh, are yeah. now accurate to canon. Mm. And just like for like, try to become a specialist on like I want to really remember all of the Jedi from the Clone mm-hmm. Wars eras and know exactly what's going on with them. And I want to try to start remembering these planets. So when we do databank brawl, we can go to interesting <laughs> planets. And I remember, yep, that's where the Lerman live, you know, wow. right? And that kind of thing. So I I think that it's going to force us to become specialists. Sure. Well, it's. It's gotten to the point where, like, uh, since New Dawn came out in 2014, and then the comic series shortly after that, um, <clears throat> Vader and the main Star Wars line, um, I look at my shelves. I can make jokes about having having too much Star Wars merchandise, but it's like I have all the stuff, and I feel because of the line of work I'm in and this show and this podcast feed, I feel like we have to have some kind of knowledge. It is part yeah. of our job but in a way, but I looked at my shelf the other night, and it's it's taken over. It's all Star Wars. How awesome is that? But then there's like there's a new Nick Hornby book came out two years ago. My favorite author. I haven't read it because it's sitting there on the shelf waiting for the Star Wars to stop. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and so it is, it is, it, it's all encompassing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you have an adult life, Jennifer, the, you're the only adult here. Oh. <laughs> the yeah. only with an actual yeah. offspring. Well, I'm just waiting for her to get a little bit older and then we can watch Rebels together. Perfect. Then, I mean, you yeah. Know. I wanted to bring up because I don't think I've talked to you guys about mm-hmm. I'm almost done watching Star Wars Legos, the Freemaker Adventures. Oh, Okay. Isn't it a fun show? Yeah. Now, have you watched it all? I have not watched it all. You watched I, like the first couple episodes? Is I watched that right? the first, I think, like three or four episodes, and I really enjoyed okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really took off for yeah. me. At first, it just seemed like, okay, well, it, it's it's super silly for super young kids, like Vader and Palpatine bickering and dropping things. Like, right, right. And at first, I wasn't sure. I, I think there's a lot of really successful comedy in it, but it, in my head, I've been taking to making the joke, uh, I'm going to watch the Freemaker indoctrination <laughs> because... <laughs> 
it's an actually compelling story, a pretty different Star Wars story because it's three siblings, so it's hmm. not the parental relationship. There's a pretty different uh, type of Jedi character that you get introduced to, but they go, they basically travel around the entire galaxy educating young kids of everything that has been in the movies. Yeah. So they go to Hoth, they go to Maz Kanata's castle, mm. they go to Naboo. On Naboo, the palace that Theed has, from Phantom Menace has now been turned into a museum in honor of Emperor Palpatine. Mm. It's set between wow. A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. And every there's no, nothing random. Every time they encounter a beast, it's an accolade. Or Nexu, or when they play Dejeric, the hollow chest, the Rancor is in there. It is just branding every single corner in teaching young people so that when they watch this, when they're three or four and it's funny, yeah. and then they see something, they're like, oh, yeah, I know about that. Yeah. That's a, a reek. I saw it. On the Freemaker Adventures. That's crazy. Yeah. It's genius. That's scary genius. No, I mean, I'm reading the Golden Books, the Star Wars Golden mm-hmm. Books to my daughter. You know, she's 18 months. She now, and we have a little, uh, she loves her Tauntaun action figure. Sure. So when she Good sees kid. her Tauntaun, she's like, Tauntaun. <laughs> and, I mean, she knows. The, it's my, my family is like, okay, you've got to introduce her to, like, real animals that exist in the world because she knows Tauntaun and Rancor. And I'm just like, oh, okay, you know. Um, that's but, hilarious. <laughs> but that's, that's the genius of it. And I I know mm. that like the humor in that show is so funny because it plays for both adults and kids, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I cannot wait. Yeah, so she's just a little bit older. There's some hilarious Cloud City stuff that's oh. really playing on all those standard jokes. Yeah, <gasps> oh, it's that's. So fun. Uh, I'm I I'm gonna have to dig in. Add yeah. to your list. I'm gonna add it to my list. Yeah, I mean it's not. One more. I don't think it's considered canon because the characters do really silly things, but it's so celebrating the canon and teaching you right. planets and creatures and characters and every from every corner, every era. It's like and Sesame I, Street for Star Wars. Totally. It is. And I think that Leland Chi, uh, the holocron keeper, I think that's kind of like his. I don't want to say his baby, but I know right. he's he's definitely very invested in it and helps them with their stories yeah. and things like that. So that's also another great wow. thing. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff there. There's so much there. There's still more ideas and characters that we filled out, Joseph. There, we've talked about it on this show. What do we want else in books and stories? I still love your Dooku novel. Yeah. I want that. Yeah, I've been thinking about my Dooku novel. Yeah. I was thinking about that as the Yoda movie because I was thinking one of the things that might come, will, will probably come in 2017, is the announcement of the 2020 Film yeah. and thinking like, well, okay, well, what have they actually learned from Rogue One? I mean, it's already in development, so they've made their choice. But I, so many people have said I don't want a Yoda movie, and I've always yeah. thought like, yeah, I don't need a Yoda movie. But then I thought like, but if he had Dooku as his Padawan at the time, <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm on a Dooku kick, and that could lead to Dooku. Graduating, becoming a Jedi Knight, and meeting a very young uh, Qui Gon Jinn. That's right. Yeah, oh, little baby Qui Gon. <laughs> you can find him as an infant. Yeah. <laughs> then we get our Qui Gon spinoff. Yeah. And then we lead to our Dia spinoff. <laughs> There's so much there. The toy, the toys, the tie-ins, the games. Um, the big question was 2016 better than uh, um, 2015, I believe. Is that, is that uh, the question oh, you want to ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, was thinking about, in particular, about all the. Yeah. The, uh, some of the toys and the tie ins and the games and the books. Yeah, yeah. Run with that there. Yeah. I- 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, I think it's interesting to see that Force Awakens was this huge explosion of like that we are putting Star Wars everywhere. I've told my story before about an exasperated man walking through the mall and he just stopped and said, I just want to look one goddamn place and not see Star Wars. Like they just, you know, December was like Star Wars is taking over the world, the world. And we had feedback in terms of you can't get a a main character. Uh, There's there was the Where's Ray campaign. There was the why in the hell? 
didn't Bloodline come out before? Right. And why are you calling this Journey to the Force Awakens when there's no information about our main characters? <laughs> so, And I feel like a couple of those questions they directly responded to. It's much easier to walk in the store and get a Rogue One main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's very easy to find a Jin action figure if you want a Jin. It's now yes. much easier to find a Rey. Bloodline, uh, you know, the, or Catalyst, rather, came out before, before the movie. So I feel like maybe we fans have more... Uh, maybe our mm. power is immeasurable, <laughs> as Krennic almost said. Yes. Uh, said. That made me think that, yeah, that 2016, in, in a way, is mm. was even better than 2015 mm. because we started to have an impact on saying, like, this is how we would like to ingest this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're right. listening. They're learning. Right, Jennifer? Exactly. I was going to say they are learning, and they want they want to make money, and so they're going to listen to us. If we're like, we want reaction figures, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we will give you reaction right. figures. As far as the toys, you guys, I, what did you guys get? Anything that you were like, oh, this is the best. Why are you laughing? Because you're something. the only one with an actual child and you're asking oh, the two middle-aged I men know. about the toys. I know, right? Well, she's not yeah, She's not quite things. that age There's yet. Some, yeah. I know, and it's like, I really wanted to buy that ATACT, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I can just see that she's just going to destroy it. <laughs> Baby toddler Godzilla. <laughs> but I want it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, for me, I always just stick to the Funko Pop the Black Series and the Legos. I stick stick around there. But there's so many cool things. I get that Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty box and oh, all yeah. those wonderful fun things every every uh, other month. Um, so I stick to that. But then I have I have uh, acquired some awesome things over the, the last year or so that it's just amazing that it's just it's so there. It's yeah. so you know we had a lot as kids, but it was just focused generally around Kenner figures uh, and C3PO pajamas, <laughs> you know. But now I can get a C3PO onesie if I want as an adult. It's great. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. I just got some stuff from Japan uh, that was brought back to me from uh, uh, my friend Matt Key and his wife, uh, uh, Brittany Wallach. They came back and uh, had some cool. But Japan's always have always has cool Star Wars stuff that's a little off-kiltered, a little yeah. different. Um, so I have that. Um, like I have, I have a Star Wars. Someone else came back from Japan a while ago and gave me uh, Star Wars uh, nail files. Mm. Like the file. Oh, nice. File nails. Like, Love that. Cool stuff. Like, like that. So for me, it's just it's just that there's so much of it. But what's also, I'm in my office and I'm looking behind. There is uh, John Schnepp gave me a Christmas gift. It is classic. Uh, Return of the Jedi era, like promotional cards. Wow! Oh, nice. Uh, they're about uh, eight by ten, um, and that's legit. That's that's vintage. That's from the era. And so what I'm finding is some of the cool stuff now. It was stuff that already existed. Mm. <laughs> that amidst all this, you can buy your Star Wars mug and your Star Wars this and your Star Wars car. But what's cool is the things that came out back then that you can find still, find again. You know, vintage glasses, vintage T-shirts, all that kind of stuff. That too is is an interesting take. Yeah, I found that Jar Jar chair this year. God for, bless you. God I, bless you. I Jennifer. can't remember if it was like a dollar ninety nine or three nine. They had no idea at this store. I was like, wait, is this, is it three, is it 300? <laughs> like, no, this is $3. <laughs> wow, it's mine. It's mine. So that's the brilliance. I like, I like to picture that scene. Oh, is it, she had $300 in her hand. It's like, oh, 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 it wasn't. I was not, not I wasn't going to pay 300 for this. Oh, yeah, what are this, you thinking? Yes, this is the only one that's ever been made. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't want to tip her off because she had no idea. Ahmed Best like, is actually inside this right now. It's uh, $300. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine. There it was. Just this 
lone random Jar Jar chair. Yeah. It's all yeah. mine. Yeah. yeah. I agree with Ken. It, it, to me, it's some of the new stuff is really exciting, but then also kind of going back for some of the old stuff that you might have missed in some way is fun in, now that we're in this resurgence. I really like, uh, I, I think because of the Kenner obsession that I had as a kid, I still really like the just straight three and three quarter mm. figure line, and I think they did such a better job with the Rogue One. Yeah, you know, you still have to do. It's still modern marketing. You still have to do like, well, if I really want a short trooper, I need to get a two pack, oh, right? And stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know, and, and some of just the cool things that I always thought was cool as a kid are still coming. Like their basic stormtrooper for Rogue One, you can yeah. switch out his chest, and it makes a lot more sense now that I've seen the movie. You can switch it out for one that's been blasted to bits, that has like <laughs> blaster burns and things like that. So they're doing like a lot of little cool things with that main line. Uh, so I've been grabbing some of those. The Vader they have for the Rogue One line is one of the best. Mm-hmm. Vaders. They've made it again and again, and it's one of the best casts, yeah. I think. But then uh, I, I do shows at Nerd Melt, which is attached to the Meltdown Comics. And then my last show I did, you know, it's just in a good mood, and it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to look at their Star Wars toys. I always kind of check their Star Wars toys. And they had a, a Team Toe, the drunken <laughs> yeah. pod racer that I like so much. And he's got his little hands up in the air, like he's just cheering for another drink. And like, I'm going to get Team Toe because I can. Awesome. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, I love those little things. That's a great, uh, a lot of power of the force figures for sale. Yeah. Melt down there. Mm, yeah. Good stuff there. As, as the year comes to a, a close, how is our appreciation on understanding of Star Wars different because of just this year in general? Um, that's a kind of a wide ranging question. Could take you to a lot of different directions. Jennifer, as you wear your Darth Vader sweater, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Star Wars has obviously affected your life this year. Uh, yeah. How is it different than other years as uh, going back to your childhood as, as a fan? You know, something that I was wondering last year, which it was, the Star Wars was ev- everywhere. And I mm-hmm. thought, how are we going to be able to keep up this momentum? Especially because we do these podcasts and we do our shows mm-hmm. and whatnot. Can I keep up? Uh, will I become um, tired of Star mm-hmm. Wars? Heaven forbid. Right. And this year proved to me, no, <laughs> I will not tire of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Not just because of all the news that was happening with Rogue One, but because of the books and because of things that are happening that kept my excitement and interest, you know, fresh. It may, They were coming out with new things, and, and I really like that I feel like Lucasfilm, they're listening to us, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do right by us and for the stories, and that to me is just, it's really um, encouraging for the future of the franchise. So, right. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I wasn't so sure last year. I'm like, I don't know about Han Solo movie. Now I'm like, I can't wait for the Han Solo movie. <laughs> yeah. What is happening? You know, right. I'm just, uh, yeah. So it's an awesome, an awesome start to Absolutely. a new era. It is a big new era, Joseph. Yeah. What 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 has changed for you or gotten bigger and bolder and stronger? I think the bigger and bolder and stronger is that the creators of this are interested in the minutia, mm-hmm. in the minutia that makes it so if you want to dive into really thinking about not just the logistics of like who is on what planet where, but if you want to dive into the themes and the philosophy that they are totally creating a world where that is possible and that mm-hmm. is important you know they've been doing such a great job in all of the books and comic books of introducing gray areas to the story right and then rogue one was their big presentation of yes it is still a story of good and evil but here's a little pocket that will show you some gray areas Mm. so i feel like this year they've totally introduced both to the uber fans into normal people we are willing to do different things with star wars we know we must do different things with star wars in order to make this last And to me, it's really interesting to have that sort of be the message of 2016. 
Because as we go into 2017, I think what some of us might be craving is back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways that's what episode eight will be. Like, I think it'll certainly be like weird and, and creative because that's just who Ryan Johnson is. Mm. But at the same time, after the big difference of Rogue One, we are going to see a Skywalker saga mm. with a crawl and wipes. And we know that <laughs> the original Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, is going to be in it using right. the Force. There might be other Skywalkers that we don't technically know are Skywalkers. There might be Kenobis, but it is going to be back to the huge fanfare basics, a story of a Skywalker facing their destiny. Hmm. You know, so to have to know that we've got the promise of the new and we're still going to get back to the classic. Right. Is powerful to me. Powerful. Powerful. So excited. Powerful Jedi. Um, for me, it's kind of similar to what you were saying, Jennifer, where, yeah, I sometimes wonder, again, when I look at the books on my shelf and like, I got to keep reading, must keep reading Star Wars, <laughs> must keep reading Star Wars in my room. It, it's, it's a joke I make, but it's just, it looks like a KB Toys from days of old. Um, and I don't say that with oh a ton gosh, of pride, but a little toys. bit of, a little bit of pride. Uh, KB Toys, yes. right? Old Old school, old, old school. school. Um, but my appreciation has grown in the sense that it's it's. I love that uh, we have so many more things to talk about, and the creators do a great job because they are fans. I don't look at that as a bad thing. No. Um, people say, hey, if fan service uh, or, or Rogue One was a, a high-budget fan film, sure, guess what? Unless George Lucas makes the films, they're all going to be that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Does that mean they can always be great or some of them might be bad? Sure, sure, sure. We're going to have a lot of choices to choose from with stories. But I love – that's why, again, going to Rogue One, for some of the problems I may have had with the movie in the end, my enjoyment of it remains strong because, number one, there were some great moments in it that made me feel like I was in the playground in 1983, but also stuff like they're doing what I would have done. If I was making Rogue One, God bless that I wasn't, um, <laughs> I would have been like, you know what we need? We need, not want, we need Red Leader and Gold Leader. They're yeah. part of this mission. They're launching from the same base. That, to me, why I don't I don't think it's fan service as, as expanding and explaining the lore and yeah. putting mm-hmm. things that make sense in there. Um, the, my problems are more, and I'm glad you had Vader. Don't have him say the choke on your aspirations line. Does three, was 3PO and R2-D2 needed, particularly in that scene? No, but at the same time, you need to have them there in some fashion. Uh, so so that's what's so fun and why I appreciate it even more is we're still talking about the fun new things, and there's new things that make sense that going back to the playground in 83, when I was at the peak of my, dear God, I just saw these things, and there's <laughs> Ewoks that are the, the best thing ever, and I'll never not like them ever. Um, uh, it, I'm still having those, those – it all makes sense. And I'm just appreciating this world that is being expanded with care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yes, part of the appeal of the prequels to me now is pointed out so excellently by you, Joseph, is that those are from the mind of a, a man. Sometimes it's a madman. Sometimes it's a genius. <laughs> yeah. But it is from his mind. And we'll never have that again, unfortunately. No. Um, I wonder sometimes if Rogue One had just been you know, made by a director. Episode 8, for the most part, Ryan Johnson. And he's writing and directing it. But you know, there was oversight. You know, Abrams is talking. They're trying to connect it all. Um, We'll never have that again. We're just a guy sat in a room and a pad of paper wrote The Star Wars. Um, But I appreciate what the the caretakers of this franchise are doing. And I just uh, have so many little nooks to crawl into the Star Wars bubble because of what they're doing. That, yeah, I criticize because that's sometimes what we do as fans because we would have done that in 83. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'd be annoyed if I didn't uh, dislike a few things in Rogue One. Right. Which, thank I do. Right. Thank you do. And if we were on the playground in 83 and we had a podcast, a reel-to-reel, and we're recording on a boombox, I'd be like, Joseph, you know, 
I just don't understand what the Ewoks had to do with that. Is this really what we want? The Empire got taken uh, down by I, teddy bears. I hate bears. <laughs> I hate bears, Ken. <laughs> that we would have done that then, and we're doing it now, and I just appreciate more than ever this year as it's expanded and Force Awakens. Rogue One was a risk, and in some ways a bigger risk because it was outside the saga, but I think, to me, just simply coming back and Force Awakens yep. was the hugest most huge. I'm using improper grammar. Oh, yeah. Most it, hugest. It's for the sure. most hugestest of risks because that had to bring us all back and do it in the right way for millions upon millions of people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think they succeed. And that's this year what I appreciate more. It, it went, it was driven, the point was driven home this year of what they started in, in 2012, really. Um, so that's the look back. Anything we missed about the year in Star War? Hmm. Oh, I think uh, I think we covered that there is more than we can possibly cover. Exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful. 2017 <laughs> uh, Star Wars. Um, so uh, a lot more to come. Episode 8 this coming year. We got that going. We got the theories on Rey being a clone. Oh, my gosh. Just when we all had the Kenobi and Rey grandfather theory, which still could be something. Theory going around just today. I'm getting tweeted stuff. Yeah. I got a text from a friend. like, I was in the shower, and I thought about Star Wars and reincarnation, and I need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's an extended life via yeah. the Force. There's yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, well, if, if Luke's hand got chopped off in Empire with that lightsaber, and they found the lightsaber, did they find the hand? And what did they do with that hand? You know what? I'll buy that for a, a Republic credit. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Ray is Obi-Wan Kenobi's granddaughter who was cloned by Luke, and she's Luke's kid, but also <laughs> married to Luke. I don't know. <laughs> it could be anything. Uh, but that is so much fun. So uh, that we have a lot to look forward in twenty. 17th Star Wars Celebration. Going to be big this year. I'm sure we'll get some Episode 8 stuff. I think that's when a lot of the main push will begin. I like that they're breathing. Um, do you guys like that? Did you see Kathleen Kennedy's story this week? Uh, I saw a headline about around when to expect the yeah. Episode 8. The trailer. Yeah. yeah. Springtime. Springtime, which I think is good. Yeah. Let, it, let it breathe a little bit. We've got a bunch of big things coming in books already in January, right. February. Yeah, we got a lot. So let Rogue One kind of simmer in the box office and yeah. get us there. Yeah. Let us live in the lived-in universe for a little bit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. With that, we are going to go to you guys, the fans. We asked you to submit questions on our Facebook page. Make sure you like that. Also, on Twitter, make sure you're following us at Force Center Pod. And, Joseph, we got some questions that we're going to get into. That's right. And I asked for specifically Rogue One questions, and then it was an explosion because yeah. this is so great to have such minty, fresh things to be uh, confused, curious, and frustrated with, perhaps, yeah. uh, or celebrate in other uh, questions. Questions go and do all those things. The first one is from Sam H at your fave friendo, and he says, "How do you feel about a director's cut of Rogue One, sort of an extended edition, special edition?" I, I have strong feelings, but I want to hear you guys first, <laughs> Jennifer. Jennifer, how can there be? It will be a completely different film. Yeah. I feel the director's cut is all the stuff that was, you know, that we saw in the trailers that they got rid of. Would I like to see that film? I don't know, because then what if I like it more? Yeah. Right? I yeah. don't think that they're going to do it. Yeah. I don't think so. I, that, that's yeah. my big thing is, like, I, I think across the board for Star Wars, I don't really right now want director's cuts mm-hmm. because I do like crawling into the canon. 
Yeah. I like yeah. the canon being set, and I think especially when the EU wounds are still fresh for people who love EU, making a mess of the canon by showing us the alternate take, even as a side bonus, mm-hmm. that, that, that bothers me. I don't mind expanded. If they have a scene that they want to put back in or make longer and say, hey, the whole Lucasfilm story group agrees that this is canon. Right. We actually have a whole scene we shot of Dr. Evazan and Panda Baba at the bar. Great. Put it in there as long as it's canon. But an alternate version I, I don't want. Yeah. The, my first answer to this question is, uh, Sam, which director? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. The Gilroy cut. Yeah. yeah. The Gilroy oh. cut. Let's say he goes by and says, here's what I would have done with the first and second act. Do we get a better picture? Does Gareth get his way and everyone escapes only to maybe be cut down by Vader, or as we saw some sources week, the very early drafts had them all living. Yeah. Like, what do we get? And that is the difference more than any other Star Wars movie, for sure, and maybe most other movies. Is definitely seems like there's a lot of stuff that didn't get in for not just, eh, cut for time. TIE Fighter facing off against Rey, cut because it was a repeated beat, not part of the reshoots. Um, but this other stuff, hey, that's Jin on the beach with the plans. That's not an extended scene or a cut scene. That That's is a, a different, different scene. Movie. That yeah. is something else. So would I like to it, – it's kind of like would you like to read George's episode 7 story? Yes, I would. Yeah. It would be 100% different. Um, but I'm with you to uh, – you know, like Force Awakens had – like everything has uh, uh, cut for you know extended scenes and cut for cut for this and cut for that and I watched every one of those Force Awakens scenes and was like glad it was gone. Yeah. None of it other yeah. than maybe for a moment of Kylo Ren on the Falcon. Um, if you had done it a little differently, it, I would have liked to see maybe that in the movie. But everything else, like yeah, cool, that made sense. Yeah, and even that has some canon issues, like Maz using yeah. the Force. Right. And now some people think like, well, Maz can use the Force a little bit, and but J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams said no, it's not canon. Right. I, I made the change. Take it out because that was one of the things I wasn't sure about yeah. in that scene. Yeah, and Abrams, Abrams himself is like, he doesn't like director's cuts because yes. he kind of, in his mind, in all movies, and he's a he's a child of our generation, a little bit older yeah. than us, but he it's like, nope, he's, he's got canon on the brain too, even though he doesn't say it, where, <laughs> no, this is... Uh, I love that new term. Canon on the canon, brain. Canon on the brain. Just canon brain. I got canon, canon brain. Got canon canon brain. Um, you know, uh, you know uh, if it's it's the, the movie, the theatrical movie is the movie in his eyes. Yeah. Um, and then plus two, I'm, I'm, I'm filibustering here a little bit, but you see what Batman v. Soups and Suicide Squad, and a lot of it, there's a negative reaction to, well, why didn't you just give that to us in the beginning? Is this correcting a mistake? It's a weird time. I don't think that's always fair to the filmmakers, yeah. but it could be like, oh, so why didn't you give this cut of Rogue One to us? You had to give us the shittier version or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that could open up a can of worms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think let's not open the whole special edition too, because then we all get into oh, like no. the like you know what, just give me Rogue One, but just uh, let, I, I I got a different line where Vader still says something snarky, but it's not an actual pun. That'd be great for me, but it's not great for other people. Other right. people love that line, and then it and then our whole Star Wars fandom becomes the special edition wars. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Greedo shot first, and don't forget we live in a world where it's canon that Han stepped on Jab- Jabba's tail. That's right. I just got so upset. <laughs> I hit the Je- microphone. Jennifer's like, hot spit. She's got I'm the hot so spit. She almost flipped the table and oh, left. Oh, that scene, the Star Wars it, yeah. casting yeah. that we had to, yeah. Yeah, we had to dissect mm-hmm. that uh, scene. But yeah, it's, it's a hell of a thing. Uh, my wife and I just, after watching Rogue One, watched uh, all the special edition of the original trilogy mm-hmm. and she had some questions. Oh, yeah. She's like, I understand why Jennifer was upset. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you, Sarah. Next question is from Van Myers at My Fan Sanity, and he asks, why after a life of fighting does Saw just give up and die on Jetta? Now, we mm-hmm. touched on that a little bit on our big episode review episode, but I think it is one of the bigger 
motivation questions that a lot of people have with the film, so I wanted to revisit it. Do you guys have more thoughts, having seen the film more times, about why mm. he decides to stay? I yeah. I just watched the Red Letter Media review of Rogue oh, One, cool. which oh, wow. which is yeah, it's normal with them, funny, uh-huh. but also uh, you know snarky and negative at times, but but very truthful and to the point on other times. They, yeah. get, they get a lot of things right, and that was one of their big things. Of you just died? Was it because you had to for the plot to go on and it looked cool? I think there's some truth to that, but I do like what you were talking about, Joseph. This it's a little bit of a passing of the baton moment. Yeah, and watching it the third time. Um, I can see, and this is a man. He says himself, I, "There's there's so little of me left." Exactly. But we're at the office all this week. Occasionally, every, any one of us will just stop and look at each other and be like, "Are you coming to kill me?" He is a gift in terms of impersonating the way we've loved to impersonate Java and Yoda over the years. Well, and that's Sakura is a gift. And some yeah. people are like, "Yeah, it kind of, it's kind of weird." I'm like, "No, no, it's it's perfect because this is what I'd want out of a Star Wars." Yeah, just like you said, Watto. You know, all right, he's not the best and a little bit of racially insensitive character at the time and still is now. Yeah. But I'll love to go. Oh, what are you, some kind of a Jedi? Like that's, <laughs> so to have to have is that legal? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We we've been in the office uh, here to the Grand Collider this week and some. Like I'm going to lunch, and someone yells, "Save the lunch! <laughs> Save the dream!" <laughs> it's great. It's great. Oh. So, anyways, uh, to the answer the big question, I don't know. I in story, I could see. Yeah, you want the run, hobble, yeah. try. But after the life he's led, it makes some sense. He was yeah. ready to go. I don't know if that's wrong, Jennifer. Yeah. No, I think I got that from the moment that we even see him. Like, he just looks depleted. He looks like he's about yeah. to die yeah. any second now. And the, that exact line, you know, did you come? What's left of me or whatever? Yeah. yeah no, There's not it's, much left of me. Right. <laughs> so yeah. sad. It just seemed like the natural thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And, and I don't see it as giving up. I see it as just embracing... Yeah. Uh, death. <laughs> yeah, and it's, he's you know coming up in Rebels, and Forrest Whitaker is voicing him in in the Rebels episodes. Mm. He it's only like a couple years before Rogue One, and he's in much better shape. So something might happen in there. Yeah, he might lose oh, yeah. some feet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I would say that this is also this, there was a lot of moments in Rogue One where I feel like my the way I approach the prequels helped me process things that I didn't like or wasn't sure about in Rogue One because mm. I'm used to from thinking about the the prequels where I feel like an idea isn't presented super well on screen, mm. but the idea is still in there. Yes. And I don't think this is presented well on screen, but I I really do like the idea that he saw Jenny was so happy to see her. Then he was confused and that he he had a moment of realization himself mm. of how far gone he was. Yes, exactly. And realized that he had someone to pass the baton to. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His mission yeah. was complete. So I like that. Um, I, it's, an, it's a fair question, Van Myers, but I think that's a good answer. Okay, here's a big one. Just brace yourself, guys. Here it comes. Here's the big one. Now, I had I compiled this from three different people basically asking the same question and, and even more. Uh, but Josh Eddy uh, and Brad Jensen Jr. and, again, Van Meyer, who asked the previous question, why are R2 and C-3PO still on the ground when Admiral Raddus is headed to battle, and why is Tantive Four inside his ship, ignoring the narrative reasons for it to be there? So kind of bundling it all up, there's the timing question of... We've got Bail Organa leaving, calling for Captain Antilles, telling him he has a mission. Then, much later, Admiral Raddus has already taken off for Scarif. c 3 is calling out that they're going to Scarif. Then, they're, in theory, we, in we theory. didn't see 3 po and R2 on the ship. They're sure. all, in theory, on the Tantiv Four in the belly of Admiral Raddus' ship, which people are also questioning because why is that blockade runner hiding out there to begin with? 
So, oh boy, let's pull this apart, Jennifer. Ah, uh, you know, first into the fray. No, I just, yeah, <laughs> I, I knew it. It's one of those things where I'm like, this, this doesn't feel right, and yet I, I don't care. I'm just gonna enjoy this yeah. moment of seeing my friends on screen. Yeah. But when you start to pick it apart, it is a little, how do we make sense of this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we begin our journey with Captain Antilles, right? Okay. Yeah. So we can imagine that he is given the mission maybe to go get Leia or told that he's going to be in charge of Leia. Oh, that's okay. good. He takes Bale to Alderaan. He picks up Leia wherever Leia is. Mm-hmm. Then he swings back around to <laughs> Yavin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, picks up, right. picks up 3PO, picks up an R2 okay. and 3PO, like, yeah, I went to Scarif. Yeah. And, uh, and Captain Antilles really is like, well, we don't want to be uh, here. We want to be there for that. Right. This sounds huge. Yeah. I think Leia's a fighter. I think Leia's like, what? We're taking the gloves off? We're fighting? Mm-hmm. I want to I go to there. <laughs> and then maybe Captain Antilles is like, okay, but let's hide. Let's not yeah. just be floating around there. You're too valuable. You're too valuable. So that's one thing. Oh, that's or good. Or they could have just been on their way to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. To go get Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And then they could have got a message of like, we think we have the plans. You should you should turn around, get here so you can get the plans and you can take the plans to Obi-Wan. Oh, so like somebody could have messaged her. Timing might still be a little iffy on that, but that's a potential logic gap. Uh-huh. So you think, okay, okay. I said someone messaged her. Somebody texted someone Princess Leia. Someone texted Princess Leia. <laughs> I just today had this conversation at lunch. My friend Megan. This said, whole thing. Yeah. She goes, hey, uh, I got a question. Uh, why Why were the droids in the movie, number one? I said, well, fan service is horrible. No. Um, <laughs> and then she goes, I don't understand why they're still there. It doesn't seem to work out. Right. And I'm like, you're right. And she's not a deep diving Star Wars. She's a very passionate Star Wars fan. Yeah. But does a deep dive like me and you and, and Jennifer here. So I think, number one, it was just a mistake. Yeah. I really think it was just a mistake. But I think you're absolutely right. We, number one, we, Gary Witta, I believe, has come out and said that Rogue One is ends 48 hours before A New Hope. Oh, okay. so there's plenty of room there. Oh. So there's some time. Oh. There's some time. Maybe, did we forget the droids? Damn it. I need to go get them. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's some of that. I like your idea. You're right. They launched, Bale clearly wasn't on that ship. Mm-hmm. We got to imagine Captain Antilles took him back. So I think he goes back. We have a little bit of time. Then yeah. all of a sudden, because, you know, I don't know, a couple hours, you know, you get hyperspace, man. It's quick, man. Yeah. Radis launches. And I think somewhere in that time, they go back. Why can't they just pick up the droids? They co- Antilles comes back to Yavin. Where is everybody? Well, there's a battle. Oh, a droids, battle. get on. <laughs> We're going to join. And just like you said, Leia, you're too valuable. Radis's ship is the best ship. We're going to stick here. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And, then she get, and if we got 48 hours, then we got plenty of room for, there are many, many blockade runners like that. Right. The spirit of the movie makes you want to think that the next thing that happened is Vader jumped into his Tidevanced X-1 and he chased that. And like, no, they go to light speed at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Right, they right. do. They go, they go to light, light speed. speed. Yeah. So it's just one of the many blockade runners. If right. Vader didn't see any signifying thing, if they didn't scan him, then Vader's got 48 hours to run around going, which blockade runner, where right. are they all, right. which one is most likely. They've got time to go on a fake diplomatic mission that's vaguely near Tatooine. Right. Oh, and this right. is big. And, and, oh, we're in the bubble now, yeah. kids. Wow. We're super in the bubble. In the bubble. Jennifer, getting, come on into the nerd yeah, bubble. Yeah, this is great. So if they got 48 hours... 
if you know that if a ship launches into hyperspace, the Falcon, for instance, where's right. it going to go? They got to do a tra- trajectory kind of uh, p- prediction. Where are they going? They're, they're going this way. They could hit this planet, that planet. Let's go try it. Oh, Bespin. Let's go to Bespin. Yeah. That's a guess, so to speak, on Vader's point of view. There is nothing that made Vader, uh, showed you why Vader and the Empire were on Bespin waiting for them. Yeah. Waiting for Han and Leia and Chewie and everybody. That was a... They launched that way. Let's try to figure out what could they go to. Yeah, and that's Boba Fett helping them out, going like, if he's going that way, he's going. He's going to Bespin. Exactly. I know. I know this guy. I know, I know his guy. sleazy buddy Lando. Right. right. Uh, watch the spinoff Han Solo movie. You'll figure it out. That's what <laughs> so from this point of view, yeah, Vader. Yeah, we all. I, I when that movie ended, I thought, oh, just like we had heard, Rogue One ends ten minutes before, and she's going right. straight to Tatooine that's with everything she needs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But Vader, as we know now, would have to get back on a ship because he's on. Uh, on uh, uh, Radis's ship, as you pointed out, Joseph, and destroyed my dreams. Abaratus is probably not alive. Mm-hmm. Vader had to go through that ship. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe he's in a prison. Yeah, somewhere. Maybe he's in a prison. Oh, At best, way. maybe he got an escape pod. He's he down had a on, bad day. He's on the other side of Scarif in a bar, going. Yeah. I, I was up there, you know. <laughs> Love me some Radis. Um, so yeah, and you're right. They had to figure it out. So maybe they did. And that also makes sense because I'm getting a lot of questions. Well, why was Leia and New Hope just saying something? We're on a diplomatic mission. Vader should have been like, no. Uh, no, I just saw you. I just saw yeah. you. Uh, but there's more than one blockade. There's runner. more than one blockade, blockade runner, and we have 48 hours, which also t- – oh, stop me. No, stop. no. Keep rolling. It also ties into the New Hope conference room scene where Tag and Modi and everyone's sitting there, and they're – they're chiding and chastising and teasing Vader. You haven't been able to find the plans. Yeah, right. true. You, you've had like 72 hours now to yeah. go around and you can't find these plans, you dolt. You were right there. You saw them. Hand through a door. You killed the guy instead of reaching for the, the, the plans with the force. You're a big <laughs> show stabbing. off. Mm. Yeah, you're a big show off. You have this castle. You're, you're, you're the emperor's boy. We, we heard you know. dropped a pun. Yeah, you're punning around the galaxy, not <laughs> getting the tapes and now now it all starts to tie up for me yeah Woo, yeah wow. there could even That's be great. the moment where leia reaches off and like leia didn't it's the game of hot potato leia right. didn't mean to be the one who ended up with the plans right she got the plans she got away and she uh contacts mm-hmm. yavin and says should i come there and mon mothma or even bail like no take them directly to the jedi we can't mess with this because she says to him mm-hmm. that I'm. She's not just going to pick him up because they're having a hard time. She's bringing him the plans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. See, I love these questions. Yeah. These That's are great. Good stuff. These are great. Oh. Oh. Wow. And I'm sure there's even more to figure out. And all of that because that. of fan service, right? <laughs> <laughs> they served us well. Uh, a couple more questions. Uh, Matt Froud uh, or Frude, uh, as always, these are our audience questions and opportunity for me to say your name incorrectly. So I apologize. <laughs> uh, this is on Facebook. He asks. Did you appreciate the use of Mustafar in the movie? The architecture in the castle was very reminiscent of Episode 3. Is this a sign Lucasfilm are slowly coming around on including prequel material? Ken? Loved it. I love that it's confirmed that it's Mustafar, that yeah. it's potentially even near or on the site that he officially turned. Uh, that you could check me on. Um, love it. And you say, you know, a great question, Matt, by the way. And is this a sign Lucasfilm are slowly coming around on including the prequel material? I don't think they're slowly coming around. I think they're seeing if the audience has come around to allow them to do what they'd like to do, which is include more prequel material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt in my mind that the story group appreciates and respects the prequel era. Yeah. And it 
as we say, the reason we are in a different spot with them now, Joseph, and we're prequelists here at Force Center. You're welcome aboard the prequelist chain train, Jennifer. I am joining. Yes, yes. coming aboard. Um, is it happened? The stories happened, and if you're if you're there, yep, it's really odd to see. Uh, Red Letter Media did a great side by side of the war of Rogue One, people dying, and Jar Jar running around with blue balls on the hill, <laughs> and it said funny. same franchise. Yeah, oh, yep, geez. it's a little weird, but the stories happened, and so. I love that it's Mustafar. I love that we get a glimpse of Coruscant on screen again in the flashback yeah. to young Jin. I love that kind of stuff. I want to see more of it. I hope, I hope, I hope this castle in some way shows up in eight or nine. Yeah. Oh, that would can be you amazing. Imagine? Oh, this, this castle to me was so exciting that he has a castle that is on Mustafar that they didn't. That was the one planet, right? That they didn't Chiron. Right. They did. So that was just, oh, I just, I loved it. And I love that, you know, Ralph McQuarrie, we see that was directly pulled from his mm-hmm. artwork yep. from The Empire Strikes Back. So exciting. And I think the reception, everyone wants to know more about this castle. And yeah. so I think that, yeah, people are, have embraced the prequels. Mm-hmm. I think people have really started to... Whether they know it or not. Right. For people who, you know, there's a ton of prequel fans, right. but there's also people that are, that are coming around, like yeah. myself. Yeah, and I think it is a matter of people... Uh, certainly, I think Lucasfilm, in all of these books, the Rebels, uh, obviously the Clone Wars, they embrace the prequel era. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that the movies are now embracing the prequel eras. And I don't think we're going to see a Gungan spinoff mm-hmm. for at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people just lost their minds like is that Mustafar yeah. and there was no sense of is that a thing that two steps removed touched Jar Jar how yeah. dare they include that they were just like right. no actually the lava plant was pretty cool and yeah. I'm invested in Darth Vader's backstory and that's a big psychological deal that he would either choose or be forced to hang his hat yeah. for this horrible thing and like great nobody got caught up in saying mm-mm to the prequels yeah. mm-hmm. they just got excited about the potential about the continuity in the galaxy mm-hmm continuity in the story and the questions raised about the character. My prediction then in 8, Kylo goes there. Yes. And he's walking down the hallways and you see and it's still kind of the castle's kind of preserved from where it was and there's tapestries of Padme, uh, Jar Jar Binks, (laughs) C-3PO with no gold on and it's just an ode to Vader's past. And he's walked around the hallways and going, oh, there's my pal Jar Jar. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that, oh, yeah, that'd be great if there's a little, like, <laughs> <laughs> holiday, a life day card yeah. from Jar Jar sure, to Annie. Sure. Yeah. Hey, how's yes. you been? Well, that's the other interesting thing to me is Luke has been there, for sure. Yes. I think so. Because right? yeah. Luke is very, Luke firm, we know this from mm-hmm. Bloodline, Luke firmly believes my father came back yeah. in the last moments of his life, right. and I'm going to go investigate everything about the past, about the Jedi, so why would he not go visit that place? Right. So has Luke done a makeover when Kylo's going there expecting an evil castle, <laughs> and Luke's made it all nice again. <laughs> right, right. And wasn't there something where, like, the, the Jedi were tortured? Vader would take Jedi and torture them? Mm. I was reading something, I think mm. it was on Slash Film. That mm. will be really interesting to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if mm. it, that backstory. Yeah. I can't remember where I was Yeah, it's just, just great. And I think, yeah, aesthetically it did look uh, like uh, something from Episode 3. Uh, not just the, the planet, but the castle it fit in. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. great question, Matt. Uh, next question is from Tommy Terry Green. Does Vader really need two guards in his Bacta room? I feel like he could still take care of himself even while bathing. <laughs> we were just talking about the questions that are raised by that scene. What do you yeah. think, Jennifer? No, I th- I would have two guards. You're very vulnerable <laughs> in yeah, that yeah. tank. So, yeah, you, you need to have as much protection as possible. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's another level of, you know, you feel vulnerable when you're naked. Like, you feel extra vulnerable when you don't have limbs. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And this is, you know, he's regenerating there, right? Yeah. And he's like almost like meditating. Yeah. So that he really needs to make sure that he is fully protected yeah. so he can focus on his meditations. Yeah. You know, I, I believe there's a small garrison there at that castle. Some stuff I've either oh, yeah. read or maybe there used to be in the in the Empire days, you know, when it was supposed to be an Empire or Jedi. Um, so it makes sense that he has people there. And it's it's kind of like Secret Service. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a, 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 a senator might get some protection that, uh, you know, even long after his career's over, he's like, why is Bob still around? Um, yeah. But uh, I think it makes sense. And for me, the Emperor's uh, Royal Guards or the Royal Guards are just so damn cool. I'm glad I got to yeah. see him again. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I yeah. love the picture that he has an inner circle because I think it's not uh, it's not so much about like, oh, yeah, if somebody came in there that he didn't want, he could force choke them from inside his, his sure, bacta he could. tub. He could. Sure. he could, but I think it's more about that. I, I don't. I want to be able to take the armor off, or I need to take the armor mm-hmm. off, and I uh, only want a certain cadre of people around me. Yeah. I don't want other people to see this. Yeah. So, like, sure, you could choke them, but yeah. it's it's vulnerability. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, good so, question. Tommy. Yeah, great question, Tommy. But we we're all we're all for being guarded while bathing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, this is a French name, I believe. So I apologize. Guillaume Ganivet Bellu. Sure thing. Yeah, Guillaume? I went for it. Guillaume. Guillaume. I think Jennifer did much better than I. You're French. Sorry, I butchered that. (laughs) But uh, apologies for butchering your name. Thank you for your question. The question is, what do you think Dr. Evazin and Ponda Baba were doing on Jetta? So we uh, were talking about that. Just saw this. I think... um I want to give credit to one of two sites. One of them probably did it. It's either Star Wars Explained, which is a great uh, YouTube channel if you guys haven't gone there, and Stupendous Wave, uh, one of them. So they're both good channels. Check them out. But one of them, (laughs) just last night, as I do, I poke poke around uh, YouTube watching videos and uh, weird things and um, saw that. And it is pretty convincing that... Tying into legends, and and I forget the name, but uh, there was an original name of Dr. Evanson that was uh, not canon, and it was kind of, then it was turned, well, his name's now this, I think in 1989, it's the first time you see Cornelius Evanson's name. And um, the West End Games, they named almost everything. Yes, exactly. And that they still kept that other name as an alias. Okay. And that alias ties back into Rogue One, and there's a, if you, this is on the visual dictionary, which I haven't had my okay. hands on yet. Um, so I think, Jennifer, you own it. Go back and you let back. us know. Report yes, on it. I will. Um, and that there's a, like, a police droid or a detective droid or a film noir droid who's a, <laughs> or, or a guy in a costume that kind of looks, makes him look like a droid. It's it's an interesting picture. And he's very much, he's in that tank scene. Okay. When the tank first starts rolling into, uh, into the crowd on Jetta, he's there. Mm-hmm. And you also saw, definitely in the trailers, but... Weird cyborg like human arms but no head yeah. type of characters. Oh yes. yeah, okay. So that that guy was there investigating uh, reports of like illegal cyborging, <laughs> uh, basically <laughs> doctors doing weird experiments and people being kidnapped or war war torn survivors uh, uh, on Jeddah being captured and or promised uh, we'll fix you up and they turned them into cyborgs and that Dr. Evanson is a is a plastic surgeon. 
essentially. Yeah. Which explains some of his facial damage and his insane, gone too far type of doctor. Mm. Um, like he'd work on the Joker or something like okay. that. You know? wow. And that it all ties together and that he is wanted on 12 systems for the stuff that he is doing, his weird experiments. And Panda Baba is there maybe to help kidnap or, or gather his victims. Oh, yeah. He's the yeah. tough guy. Yeah. yeah. So cool. And that's all. What it, so they're not just kind of two drifters. They're just these weird black market doctors type of, or at least Dr. Evanson is, obviously. And that's kind of, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm missing details and everything, yeah. but it's all pretty convincing when you watch this video, you put it out there, you're like, that's got to be what's going on. Yeah. And I like this. Other people were asking, like, well, how did they get off, you know, if it was occupied in that? And I, I, like, I like that picture of the Empire of, like, we only really care about rebels, but if there's, like, right. we don't care about regulations, you know, yeah. there's no OSHA under the Empire. Like, you know, there's no, right. you know, you can't sue if Dr. Evazin cuts your face up. Like, <laughs> I like that picture. We don't really care what sleazy yeah. criminals do because it doesn't get in our way. It doesn't so, get in our way. Oh, exactly. do you utter scumbags need to leave? Cool. We don't care. Yeah. Right. Are you rebels? No. Right. And look, they were probably on their on their way out. It yeah. looked like they were leaving town. It looked Kid. like Ponda Baba was like, hey, 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 come. We got to go. Come on. <laughs> yeah. The ship's it running. Like they were in a yeah. hurry. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is just a few of the questions we received. We yeah. received a lot. Uh, many, many questions. I think, in fact, it might be fun uh, if you guys are up for it to just do a Rogue One deep dive because yeah. there's so many great Great questions. This yeah. is just a sampling of them. So thank you guys uh, for sending in all those great questions. So fun to have a new big meaty chunk of Star Wars to yeah. debate and discuss. Yeah. And that's why the end of the day, Rogue One was a success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just at the box office, but in the hearts of Star Wars fans. Because even if you didn't like some of the things, you could still, this is what you've got. Yeah. Well, well, well why? Well, what about this? Okay. Well, but about that? And then we have more meat to chew on here. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like... They are doing to Star Wars movies what Galen did to the Death Star. They're building some problematic little parts into it yeah. that can be discovered or fixed later. Oh, love it. Love it. Well, guys, so brings to a close the 2016 broadcast year of Force Center, something that started in 2015 and just keeps growing and growing. We had some big numbers. Yeah, it's the right time to have a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> um, we definitely know that, but our numbers are growing, and more importantly, they are staying steady, even on the days that we don't release episodes. Yeah. And, and we do want to take a moment to thank you, the fans, certainly, for uh, spurring us on, as it were. Right, Jennifer? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It is a happy holiday season for us. <laughs> That's really beautiful. Is. And a merry Sithmas. Oh, Sithmas fire. Um, so as we draw, draw to a close, we want to thank you all, like I said. But uh, don't forget to reach out to us on the Facebook page. We're still trying to get those likes. Uh, 1,500 uh, on Twitter is what we're trying to get for the subscribers. Getting close on Twitter, yeah. Yep. Getting close. And then on Facebook, we'd like to get over 1,000 likes um, as we grow this channel during this year. More to come. Um, Jedi beats around de- data bank brawl. Jedi counseling. I promise you Star Wars ranked is going to come back. I've got a <laughs> new job that cut into a lot of my writing time during the latter part of this year. But it's uh, it's there. And, and more things. Uh, yeah. More things and more names and more guests and more voices on this channel. We love diving deep and we appreciate you guys writing. Don't forget iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. That's big as well. Yeah. Joseph, any closing thoughts for the year? Yeah, I think uh, that my, my biggest thought is just that it is, uh, I always think that Star Wars is at its best when it's this right combination of new and old, and I think it's been right. a really exciting year that Star Wars has managed to find that right balance of the new and the old, and it will just keep
keep playing with that cocktail to get it just right. Mm. Absolutely. And we got a lot more cocktails coming. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're going to go to the bar with Admiral Radis. <laughs> Admiral Radis is there. Uh, Jennifer, thank you as always for being a key part of this team. Uh, your Jedi beats continue to be some of my favorite things out there in the Star Wars universe and the Star Wars fandom. And you are a StarWars.com cover girl here. Oh, yeah, that's so amazing. Oh, that was so neat. That yeah. was so neat. I was so surprised. Thank you. I can't uh, remember who shouted that out on mm-hmm. Twitter, but that was really exciting to see. Yeah. Oh, it's been a good year. And yeah. the wonderful thing about Star Wars, it's like I know that I would enjoy Star Wars if even if we didn't have this podcast, but, but it makes it that much more special to be able to talk with you guys here and to be able to talk with you guys online and, and just speculate and theorize. Mm-hmm. It's what makes Star Wars so awesome. Yeah. It's like it being does. back on the playground it does. doing this yeah. podcast. Absolutely. You can follow Jennifer Landa at Jennifer Landa. Do us a favor. Check out our YouTube channel as well. You've got a lot of wonderful, great things on there. Thank and you. We, uh, we are uh, we want to spread the love on there. And just like this man, Joseph Scrimshaw, he's got other things he does. He doesn't just talk about Star Wars. You got obsessed. You got a big New Year's show yeah, coming up. Places I will also talk about Star Wars, but just not <laughs> quite as much. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I make a lot of Star Wars jokes there. Uh, but yeah, I got a big New Year's Eve show coming up. If you are in Los Angeles, that is at Nerd Melt. Uh, you'll enter through Meltdown Comics and you'll walk past many wonderful Star Wars toys. That show is called 2017 A New Hope. Uh, 2017 A New Hope would be the way to say it uh, correctly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's full of comedy. Uh, there'll be some music. My wife dances the entire Nutcracker in five minutes. So if you want to see that, oh, go to my so website, cool. josephscrimshaw.com. And my other podcast is Obsessed. Ken has been on it. Jennifer has been on it. So if you're curious, go look up those episodes. Always got more fun stuff coming. Joe Starr from Screen Junkies is going to be talking about Transformers this week. So come and check that out. Great. You can follow me at Ken Napsock and all the stuff over there and all the stuff to do at Collider. Check out the crash courses on the Ray, Obi-Wan Theory, the Kyber Crystals. We're on Jedi Council on a big year coming uh, over there. We're going to be doing some stuff at Star Wars Celebration. We think, we hope more information to come. Don't hold us to it quite yet. (laughs) Um, And also, if you haven't had a chance, uh, go to the uh, Collider video channel and check out the Star Wars Trivia Schmodown. Me and John Campia taking on Sam Witwer and Freddie Prinze Jr. game that ended in controversy. Yeah. Ended in controversy. Uh, but it was fun to do. Those two guys know their Star Wars and are such fun, entertaining guys. Check that out. Give us some support there. So, guys, until next time and until next year, let's take a breath, mm-hmm. soak in Star Wars, and we'll see you in 2017. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.